we've normalized just like little mini breakdowns. This is Jen. And this is Ken. And you're listening to Millennial Shit Podcast. Welcome or welcome back to Millennial Shit Podcast. We are in week of The Bachelorette and episode five of this podcast. As Ken said last time, we kind of want to include a little bit of what's going on on in our week being a millennial and work and just lifestyle in general so y'all Ken, how's your week going y'all gabby had a rough week no rachel <laughs> had a rough week i had a rough week and things are challenging in work and mental health mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. we jen and ken are you know professionals in the bay mm-hmm. area and have professional relationships to maintain. And, you know, I'm very nervous to talk about my drama or feelings about work because God forbid someone from work listens and hears me or recognizes my voice and connects the dots. And so I will leave it at, it was rough. It's a rough week. You know, we're recording this on a Wednesday, so only halfway there. How is your week, Jen? So isn't it crazy how we can't be open about those things, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're scared someone's going to find it. Yep. And we have to uphold that kind of professional, millennial, like almost facade of like, this is me in a professional setting. And then this is me with no filter. Exactly. what my week is going like. Totally. And, you know, it is a it is a millennial problem because millennials are the ones who – we're the generation who has to play the roles of being in the workforce, but also the generation who's, you know, doing side projects and hustles and all of that. Yeah. And so we're juggling mm. passion projects or fun projects with actual working lives. And so this is the complex we are – stuck with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. If you think about it, a lot of people were probably doing before the generation before us were just they were okay with doing maybe like one job. I don't know yeah. what it is with millennials and we just want to do like all this fun stuff because we want to feel like fulfilled or just yeah. do something different, more creative. Totally. I feel that. Yeah, people so Yes, millennials have they have podcasts, they have blogs, they have YouTube yep. channels, TikToks, whatever. They're selling things merch, all of that stuff. And it's hard to bridge who we really are because who I really Mm -hmm. am is not at work. Like I definitely have a work personality. You know, you're like customer service voice, you know, like that kind of (laughs) personality you put on. That's so true. And it's so hard when you, when people, especially right now in this during this time, everyone's trying to emphasize like being your best self at work. Yeah. But it's like, do you really want to see my best self at work? Like Mm -hmm. that would require me being super vocal about things. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Your authentic self. Exactly. Yeah. They don't want that. People don't really (laughs) want it. That is definitely Um, what we're going through. Did you have a good week? You know, it sucks because I feel like I don't even have time to reflect on my week. Damn. You know what I mean? Is that kind of a hustling week, huh? Yeah, and trying to like slow down. You're trying to slow down, but trying mm-hmm. to keep up at the same time. That is the mode I'm in right now. Is it going to get better this week or is that the whole week, you think? I feel like checking out, to be honest. But it is Wednesday. It is Wednesday where I think everyone yeah. kind of has that feeling. Or they're just like, okay, I'm done. I'm done for this week. Is this like a first world problem? Jen and I, we work very comfortable jobs in that we, you know, they're computer jobs, they're desk jobs. We can work from home. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we're in the office. Mm -hmm. We're privileged in that way. 
But the work itself is fine. Maybe it's the people that we work with. That seems to be our situation. And that's what makes talking about our jobs on this podcast even scarier is because we'd have to talk about the people and don't want to go there. Mm, I do think it is a first world thing. Yeah. For sure. Especially because mm-hmm. everyone is like hypersensitive right now. Girl. You can't really be yourself. Everything when everyone gets offended by something or someone or some thought or whatever, whatever. So I think that's also a millennial shit dilemma where you're Can like, I get an amen on that, please? Yes. <laughs> really? You're just yes. kind of like, well, how f- I mean, everyone just feels so filtered nowadays. People, it's it's two ways, right? It's either you're super filtered because you're scared, or mm. you've overcompensated and now you're offended by everything. <gasps> Dang. There's like people all of a sudden are like so fragile, and mm-hmm. they feel like they need to take offense to everything. And you and I have talked about that separately, just like how there's a lot of like performative allyship, and you know, with people who are otherwise marginalized, it's really exhausting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So exhausting. So that's probably why we've had a shitty week. <laughs> shitty week, <laughs> shitty year, you know. Who's counting? Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully over the course of like our podcast, we will feel more comfortable in sharing a little bit more, but we'll that's see. That's a good goal. So The Bachelorette, episode mm-hmm. five, some good parts, some boring parts. Let's talk <laughs> about the big portion of the episode, which was Logan switching over Mm -hmm. from Rachel to Gabby. And that causes Rachel to spiral again. Mm -hmm. Poor girl has spiraled Mm -hmm. in every episode. And she cancels her group date. And so I know how I feel about Logan switching over. I need to know what you feel. Okay, I want you to go first. No, I think we're opposites. So, okay, I will go first. But then, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm fine. I think Logan did the way the best way he could have and he mm-hmm. was very honest and very sensitive and he was following his heart what do you want this guy to do stick stick with Rachel just cuz he had to and and move along even though he didn't feel anything or or you know what i think he, i think people wanted him to self eliminate like you had your chance you blew it mm. time for you to go home but he's got to shoot his shot and i'm not mad at him for that all right Jen. i know i know we differ usually. So I want to hear what you think. Okay. So I totally get it. I get what you're saying. I never thought about himself eliminating, but I think that was an option. I'll say it. I do think I, you can see he was having a hard time with those conversations. And I, I was like, you know what, whatever, like he earned that spot because at least he, you could see how much he rehearsed it and probably like prepared for those conversations and those aren't easy. And he did it. Yep. Kudos to him. I do think this is like a red flag that Gabby really just tried to like put under the rug. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I do have feelings for him, but I'm not going to say anything. It's like one of those things yeah. where you have a you're into the same guy and you don't say anything and then you end up getting back you end up getting with that guy later on after they break up. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's just a red flag that I think or a yellow flag that they, they tried hiding and it caught up with them. Red, yellow flag for whom? For Gabby? Like it's Gabby's character flaw that she did that? I mean, not necessarily a character flaw, but okay. it's one of those things where she had a chance to own up to it and say something. And I think mm-hmm. that definitely would have, if she, she said it, she's like, oh, I backed off. And yeah. if she would have said like, okay, I think things would have changed if Rachel knew mm-hmm. that she also was into him, then it wouldn't have gotten to this huge thing. 
this yeah. huge, huge like three tango, whatever, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> You know? This love triangle. No, you're right. And we talked about Gabby withholding that information from Rachel when it was like the first episode, right? When Logan kissed both, both of them. Yeah, and we were and like, she why? gave him a, a – exactly. Yeah. And she was into him and she mm-hmm. gave him a rose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What well, do you think about that? I see where they were coming from. No, no one played it right. No, everyone kind of fumbled the ball here. But Gabby mm-hmm. – mm-hmm. I think was looking out for Rachel, but then in the end, Rachel was looking out for Gabby by giving her by giving Gabby the blessing to check out the option with Logan. So mm-hmm. it, it was sloppy and could have been handled better. But here we are. Definitely, Rachel canceled the group date because she was again feeling super rejected. Which at this point, can you blame her, girl? I would be. I would have quit. I would have gone home. I would have flown to Mexico. I would have escaped the country. I would have done something. It's <gasps> embarrassing. To be rejected constantly. It's embarrassing. And you know what she said? She's like, how do you not expect it at this point? Just goes to show that she was in a really like – it was almost like people were just stepping on her constantly. Yeah. And she is so sweet and graceful when she is rejected. I was like, where do you – like you already said it. You said you'd throw your rose at one of at their faces or something. Like I don't even know what I would do. Just crumble, I think. Yeah. And she was so nice. She's like, thank you for letting me know. Honestly, I would have been like, why didn't you say anything earlier? Yeah. Give them a piece waste of your my mind. Time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But she just took it on the chin. And I'm like, oh, girl. I felt for her too because like, I don't know if anyone's ever had this moment where you like change your clothes so you can have a crying moment. Because <laughs> <laughs> she told me that. She's like, she was dressed and then she changed, she changed out of her outfit. Probably because she knew she wasn't going to go out anymore. And then she just went to crying in her bed. I'm like, dang. I didn't notice that. Film. <laughs> I didn't I notice. It. Oh, that's good. That's good. Okay. You and I, again, because we're we're friends and we do keep up with each other on a personal level. Like, you know that I cried about work the other week or day or whatever. And, and we were joking about mm-hmm. how it's usually girls, but like we have like a little moment where we cry for 10 minutes and then at the end of 10 minutes, you're like, okay, and we're back. Like get it together. Yeah. Who saw? Get back mm-hmm. to it. I don't I, I just feel like we've normalized just like little mini breakdowns. Uh, we really have. And I think it's a millennial thing where it's like you have no time. Yeah. They want you to process your feelings, but you have no time. They also mm-hmm. want you to get it together. Yeah, get and it together. I don't know, like, get it together, cry in the bathroom, then come back. Mm-hmm. Like, I've heard that so many times. And, like, until I had my moment, I was like, fuck, dude. Like, you can't escape it. Mm-hmm. Like, you get so frustrated. Yep. And to a point, all you can do is cry. But then you still have to go back to work. Like, how? Yeah. You can't leave. <laughs> like, no, what I are you know. supposed to do? We have to be efficient even in our crying. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's a time limit. There's a time limit to when you can cry in the bathroom. Yeah, go back to work. That's right. But Rachel, she cried all night, I think. She just cried and cried and cried in the interviews with the producers, the like one-on-one. I got a problem with that though because I do feel like I get you need to process and you're not ready and you're embarrassed. But at the end of the day, you're letting that rob you from your experience and your time Yeah, and growing that with other people. So it's kind of like you already took a loss and then you're going to continue to lose Mm -hmm. if you don't take advantage of like looking at the at least some positive. Girl, you got how many other guys out there right now? Yeah, I felt for that, but I'm also like, come on. You have to think of some positives whenever you're crying. You're a tough love kind of 
gal. Because I, I totally know what you're saying. Like they showed how her five guys on the group date just basically lost their entire day with her because she didn't want to see them. And yeah, like exactly that. She should have taken advantage of a date internationally and spent time with those men who could be her husband in the future. And I kind of feel like she's being so open and vulnerable and I think you can't help it in that. But it's also – you don't have to share everything. Oh, <laughs> So sorry. You know what I mean? Like I'm having moments with Rachel where I'm thinking about how she is like, you know, I, I this happened and this happened. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you don't have to share everything with all your five other boyfriends. Right. You know right. what I mean? Like if you're still processing, if you're still like not over it, because mm-hmm. then they feel the need to console you. And it's almost mm-hmm. like, it's like a weird situation almost. Mm-hmm. You can't avoid it, but I'm like, you kind of can put a boundary up. I, I see what you're saying. I thought you were talking about being less open in her camera one-on-one interviews but you're yeah I agree because because now the dynamic is she constantly needs to be consoled and there's like and validated yeah and where is the romance in that like where is mm. the opportunity mm-hmm. to fall in love in that dang it's so true and it reminds me of Tino mm-hmm. and I know we're gonna I know we're gonna get to him how he says he feels unseen yeah and I'm like all right I get how you made it about you but also I kind of get what he's saying like I kind of was like all right dude it's not about you mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I get how it's like you were so focused on so-and-so breaking up with you that you forgot I'm here. Why didn't you want to see me? I felt exactly the same way, which is like that was a weird moment but also valid but also weird because you made it about yourself. But in that moment, I did think like, "Uh uh-oh, is Tino going to be a problem? And Mm. that – and then, you know, obviously the episode plays out. We see previews for the next future episodes and it does look like he becomes a problem. And so let's talk about red flags because I think that was a red flag moment where his true colors came Ooh. through. Okay, go for it. What are the red flags? My red flag for him that he displayed there was narcissism or just like Ooh, uh-huh. making it about himself in a moment yeah. where she clearly is just kind of feeling guilty already and then you still went in there and we're like well like what about me and you know yeah yeah have you do you have any experience with narcissistic friends even or partners or anything family members i had a conversation with someone who went through narcissistic abuse and Mm. she was in this relationship for years and she said that she didn't even realize it until it got really really bad until she was constantly doubting herself like couldn't even think for herself and yeah it was like a it's even so weird and i had to do so much research on it to even understand what she was referring to Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because no one talks about it but i like how you brought that up because i can totally see how that's totally a trait how people turn it on mm-hmm. themselves and they shift the blame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he totally did that. I think what you're saying is that narcissism can be very subtle and yep. there's a component of gaslighting where they make you feel like – Ken, that's exactly where we're going. Yes. And it's insidious. Like it's it's like yeah. in little everyday things and you kind of – you know, like it's, it's exactly in this example with Tino. You're kind of thinking like, well, he kind of has a valid point. Mm-hmm. But it was a weird moment, and mm-hmm. I only feel validated because of those previews that are that are going to come through in the next few weeks about how something happens, and he is he's not looking great in the in the mm. edits. So we'll have to wait and see. Are there other red flags that you see in Bachelor? Bachelorette contestants, or even just generally, have you dealt with any red flags? Oh, every day. 
um, <laughs> every day. There's oh, like the more you're aware and the more you're just kind of like in tune with mm-hmm. like personalities, I guess you could say, and mental health, you do catch on to all those things. So tell me. Um, no, I want to talk about Eric. Okay. I don't He's remember. another red yes. flag for me. Yeah. What did he do though? Because I put in my notes, he's a red flag. I can't remember what he did. I feel like he might also have that trait of like, do you get what I'm saying? I don't know if I remember a specific example. Do you remember an example? Yeah. He said, if it's not going to be me, then why would I sit here for another eight weeks? That's a waste of my time. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's exactly Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And it's like, you forgot you're on The Bachelorette, okay? Yeah. You signed up for this. Yeah. You're a contestant. Yeah. You went through a psych eval to do this. Really? Yeah. They psych eval all the contestants. <gasps> it is a Do you long think they process. know? I didn't know that they do a psych eval. So do you think they yeah. know these people are weird? <laughs> you know I don't what know. I mean? That they have I don't like, know. like issues. Issues. <laughs> issues. You know what I mean? Like do they know that they have like what they crave in love and if they're feeling a, filling a void? Mm. Or if they're – do you know what I mean? That would be – that's a really good conspiracy theory. Theory <laughs> That the producers are just completely evil. Kind of. I'm really They kind of are. They kind of are. They know their childhood mm-hmm. or toxic relationships mm-hmm. or past, mm-hmm. right? And they play on it. That I had no clue, but now it makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. But why can't you get the boring individual? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It must come into play on some okay. level. Eric is possibly a narcissist. So is Tino. So is Tino. And we don't get much more than that. Like we get like little hints that there are problems coming up, but we'll have to see what com- what happens. You know, I don't know. Are red flags a millennial thing? No. Since the dawn of we civilization. We just talk about it more. We just label yeah, it Yeah. Yeah. I think we just like have more feelings and are open about sharing red okay, flags. Okay. I get it. Yeah. Totally. I see what you're saying. We do. I'm ready for more drama, though. Like, less crying from Rachel and more, like, contestant drama. I want to know what happens with Avon. Okay. People who listen to this podcast know that Jen and I love Avon. And yeah. he was so fan. boring. Wasn't he? He looked uninterested in Rachel. Avon, why did you give her a gift? Did you do that gift because you're also a ladies' man and you knew you needed to do a present? What gift or did he give her? He gave her a, a bracelet. The mom's bracelet. Oh, shit. I missed that entire segment. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> that was shoot. the only interesting part in the date. <laughs> oh, I see. Player or okay. or really sweet, sweet man. Mm. And then it just turns out that like if, in the previews, she's confused by him. Oh, yeah, they're hooking us in. I got to find out if he's sweet or not. Listen, if he doesn't end up with Rachel, his DMs are popping off for sure. I have a question though. This is mm-hmm. a random one. Um, and only because we're talking about Avon. How do you feel about men who wear jewelry? <laughs> Let me hear what you think first. I don't know. I have mixed feelings. <laughs> okay. Does your boyfriend wear any jewelry? We're talking necklaces, toe rings. I don't know. No. Like a watch and that's it. Oh, okay. Watch counts. Watch counts. Okay. Watch counts. Well, I'm talking about like a bracelet. Got it. A necklace, the earrings, the rings. The layers, you know what I mean? If it works, like if it's you part see of that, a guy. Right? Yeah. If if he can pull it off, like if he's wearing it with confidence, I don't mind it. But like okay. for the average Joe, probably not like my style. I can't have a guy that wears more jewelry than me. That's also a really good threshold. Yeah. Not okay. more than me. 
Yeah, and I have like, like a hella rings on. And so if he was do. wearing more rings than me, like, that's a problem. It's a problem. Good question. Okay, but since since Avon had the one-on-one, watching them have this perfect bachelorette date and they're mm-hmm. they're being set up with all the ingredients for a perfect love story. And that is probably why basically no bachelor and bachelorette couples make it out in the real world because the real world is not a fairy tale and you're not riding horse-drawn carriages to a chocolate factory in Belgium when you're together Mm. in the real world. And so thoughts on this kind of concept of a perfect date and and how that skews reality. This is also a big thing because if you think about it, the men aren't planning these lavish dates. Yes. They're not putting the effort. They're not spending the money. Yes. You know what I mean? They're not like surprising you with all these things and whatever, whatever. They're not fucking taking you to Paris. Like, come on now. (laughs) That's a good point. There is no accountability on their end for any of this. So when they go in real life after they win, how much effort are they really putting in? Because the bachelors or bachelorette are so used to like star treatment. And then what? You go back to real life and it's like you have to kind of make it work, but like everyday Mm -hmm. work. Mm Mm-hmm. You're not always going to be an influencer after you're done when you could. But I'm like, come on now. Like, is that real life? That's a good point. Those are my thoughts on that. It's true. Presuming they get engaged, someone gets engaged at at the end of the season, the girls will not have seen any of their contestants plan anything for them or demonstrate any intentional effort. They don't know what that looks like. And so mm-hmm. – yeah, to mean to be engaged with someone and not even know like how he would go and and plan a date for you, that is a little strange. Yeah, like how are you going to feel seen or yeah. appreciated or loved when all you're used to is the producers doing it for you and the show doing it for you? This brings up the topic of like love languages. It's like how do you know your love languages are aligned? Because the producers are doing it all for you. They've given you all the love language languages all at once. Mm-hmm. You don't really know if you and your guy are aligned. We're starting to break down the psychology of why <laughs> these never work. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely looking into the psychology of the bachelor bachelorette. Mm-hmm. But it's good. I think um growing up on the bachelor bachelorette franchise, you kind of have to. Mhm. At least we're like realistic. God For forbid sure. we were if you and I watched this with the lens of like, "Oh, I wish that was us." Like I would be concerned. Stop, because what if people actually think that? They do. That's why people keep okay. signing up for this reality That's show so shit. True. But before we we pivot off, I what is your perfect date or your idea of a perfect date? I'm going to keep it simple. Mhm. We could do like, you know, a crazy extravagant date or something, you know, which would be great. Mm-hmm. But I think an everyday great date would be reservations. One, reservations, dinner. Either that or you better cook a really, really nice dinner at home. Ooh. Dinner at home and I'm not cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no cleaning. That whole shebang. Like I just hang out while you cook and then it's yeah. great. And yeah. it's clean. That's a great everyday kind of date that I wouldn't mind. Very boring, but I also like going to the movies. So I would like a dinner and a date. I'm sorry, Aww. a dinner and a movie. Yeah. That's kind of my go-to. That's what about good. You? And so this is perfect date. This isn't first perfect, like not perfect first date. So I'm I'm going to go with – you know what I really love is I don't love date dinners like at night. I actually really love like brunches or like coffee. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I just love like brunch because I'm not really a breakfast person. So probably like a coffee and then strolling and then like sitting at a park and reading. 
is like my just that's like okay. perfect. And then like walking over to get brunch somewhere. Like that would be dreamy. Okay. If I could do that that's every a good day. One. Yeah. Ugh. I would do that every single day if I could. It's good that you thought about that though. I was thinking about the other day and I'm like, I love going to the movies. I don't know why. You know what? Movies, I don't know. They're probably not good for first dates because you don't talk and it's maybe a little awkward, but I love mm-hmm. a good movie date. It's so good. Have popcorn. Yes. Treat yourself. Be comfy. I love a movie hot dog. I don't know why. I, I just don't. do. I don't eat the popcorn. I just have the hot dog. And you eat the popcorn. I can tell that I by your face. I eat the popcorn with extra butter. <laughs> yes. Oh, extra butter. <laughs> All right. Before we go, last thing that I want to talk about from The Bachelorette. Who do you miss from those that are that were eliminated? None. <gasps> you don't miss Meatball? Come on. Meatball uh, didn't want to say – Meatball said no. He wanted Gabby. I know. And then he got but back. But he was cute. He I like Meatball. Okay. He missed Meatball. And Michael. Don't know him at all, but like he was very like calm and confident and I liked that. Michael was from Gabby's side. Oh, I miss Jordan. Which one's Jordan? Jordan's the one that went home after the one-on-one, the race car driver. Oh, that was like episodes ago. Episodes ago. Still miss him though. It's still Miss Summer. <laughs> yeah, the one that looks like Tom him. Holland. Yes. Reminds me of Tom mm-hmm. Holland. Yep. In the end, Jen misses no one. And from the most recent episode. And mm-hmm. Ken, I miss Meatball. Mm-hmm. And that's that. And that's that. And we are hopeful for next week. I think it's going to be Give good. me the drama. Mm-hmm. I want drama. I'm living – like I need to be distracted with this – brain numbing experience so that's yeah that's where where i'm at <laughs> we'll see what happens next week